the alley-oops at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off-season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Ready to talk about must-win matchups in the Super Bowl. And normally, I break it down into two different episodes. We talk offense, we talk defense. Well, this time, I'm packing it all into one. I, I think that there's just must-win matchups on both sides that the 49ers need to take care of if they're going to handle the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, it's not going to be easy. Kansas City Chiefs have a plethora of weapons at several positions. And they have a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. So being able to win these matchups is easier said than done. But if you can win more than you lose, you have a really good opportunity. Now all the same things are going to be clear in this game. You still have to convert on third down. You still have to limit your turnovers. You still have to create turnovers. You still have to move the ball consistently on the ground. You have to win the time of possession. All those things are going to be what the 49ers are looking to do against this Kansas City Chiefs team. But there's some matchups that are within the game that are going to be key for the 49ers as well. They have to make sure they can consistently win the matchups that are going to give them an edge because the Chiefs, if they start kind of winning some of these matchups, they're going to make it difficult for the 49ers. So I look for the 49ers to come out with a determined game plan that's going to try to limit the effectiveness of the Chiefs to take advantage of these said matchups. Uh, so this is going to be a fun one. We're going to be talking a lot of ball in this Super Bowl matchups, Chiefs versus 49ers. I hope you guys are all excited for it. Please like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Uh, if you're listening to audio platform, 49ers cut back on Believe. Please give it a five-star rating. And if you're going to bet on the big game, bet with Bet Online. Playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade, Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. So, the first matchup for me is going to be talking about the absolute game wrecker that is Chris Jones. Chris Jones is a phenomenal player. I put him up there with Aaron Donald as the two best defensive tackles in the entire league. And why is he a game wrecker? Because there's no weakness to his game. He can hold up against the run. He can split double teams. The guy that can disengage very good from offensive linemen. He can track. He can run. Uh, he's got a lot of ability there. He's got the intelligence to recognize screen passes and track it down the line of scrimmage. But he's also got some heavy hands and an ability to not just walk a offensive lineman back into the quarterback's lap, but also he's got some unique pass rush moves that help him get to the quarterback and rather quickly. A task with handling him primarily is going to be John Feliciano. Hey, John Feliciano, welcome to the starting lineup over the last five weeks. Your reward in the Super Bowl, you get to go against Chris Jones. Now, Feliciano is a different type of offensive lineman than the 49ers normally have on the interior. 49ers normally have lean, fast, quick offensive linemen. Feliciano, we were wondering when he was signed if he was actually going to be able to fit this scheme. Very stout. He's got a lot of 
uh, anchoring ability to be able to hold up against pass rushes. But Feliciano is definitely equipped to handle Chris Jones. Is that going to be Feliciano's number one goal? Uh, go one-on-one with uh, Chris Jones the entire time and win? He might tell himself that, but there's no way that Chris Furster, Kyle Shanahan, and this 49ers offense is going to allow Feliciano one-on-one every single time versus Chris Jones. You don't do it versus Aaron Donald, and you don't do it against Jones. Your number one goal is to always find out where 95 is. If 95 is in the three-tech, you know you're giving help somewhere, whether that's coming from Jake Brendel or Colton McKivitz or an, off- or an offensive player coming down in a wham block type situation. You're just making sure you always account for him. Because one of the things that Kyle Shanahan has talked about this season, negative plays are a detriment to your team. 49ers suffered negative plays when they had their losses during this season. Not only was it Cleveland, but it was also Baltimore. And negative plays put you behind the sticks and make it tougher. Second and 12, second and 13, your play calls have to change. It's a lot different than even second and 10. So the 49ers know they can't allow Chris Jones to be a game wrecker against them. They have to go out. They have to execute. They have to make sure they have a solid game plan. So it's going to fall on the entire interior offensive line and probably even some skilled players as well to make sure they give help to Chris Jones or give help to Feliciano on Chris Jones. 49ers know this can't be somebody that wrecks them. But what do you do to limit the effectiveness of Jones? Well, All we have to do is look at how they normally handle Aaron Donald and also a couple of games that we've seen them practice or play against Jones. What you have to do is come at him a variety of different ways. You can't consistently go the same method. I think that's going to work. You come with a double team that has Feliciano and Brendel always working on him. He's going to find a way around. Either he's going to go the opposite way away from Brendel or he's going to split the double team and make a play. So sometimes you have to mix it up. Sometimes you let him go free. You go ahead and you trap him uh, with a pulling guard like Aaron Banks. Sometimes you give help with George Kittle. You motion him in. You allow him to give help. Sometimes you have Colton McKivitz crash down, and you do a different type of block on the outside man. There are so many different ways to go about it. One of the easiest ways, though, is just run at him. And I, I know that might seem uh, counterintuitive, but it's it's true. You just run at him sometimes. Getting bodies going forward at him and moving him back gives you an opportunity. So it's not the oppor- not the type of situation you always go for, but on occasion you do it. And so I think the 49ers are going to have a real game plan here for stopping Chris Jones. But if they don't, Chris Jones can change this game. He can turn this thing around, and he can make this a really tough game for the San Francisco 49ers. So this is one of the main matchups in this game, 49ers uh, interior offensive line versus Chris Jones. They limit him. They're going to have an opportunity to move the ball and win. Now I'm going to flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. As I go through this, it's probably going to go like offensive key matchup, defensive key matchup. And I'm going to stick with the defensive line, though. And this one is Nick Bosa versus Jawan Taylor. If ever there was a matchup that leaned heavily in Nick Bosa's favor, it's this one. Nick Bosa is the most accomplished pass rusher on the 49ers. I don't think that's in question. He's probably the most accomplished pass rusher off the edge in the entire NFC. Uh, That could be up for argument. But in my opinion, the way that he uses his hands, the way that he plays with leverage, the speed, the get off, he's elite in a lot of categories. And I think Jawan Taylor is going to struggle a little bit with Nick Bosa's speed. But I also think he's going to struggle with Nick Bosa's ability to get under his pads. Jawan Taylor is not going to be able to drop his pad level enough to get under Bosa. 
one of the advantages Bosa has over mo most pass rushers that play on the edge is he's not as tall. Yeah, he's not as long. He doesn't have those 34-inch arms uh, like some of the others do, but he plays with such great leverage and such great pad level. He can make you really struggle. So Nick Bosa is going to be a problem for Juwan Taylor in this game. Throwing the fact that Taylor's been getting a lot of holding calls this year and a lot of penalties overall. He's the most penalized offensive lineman in the entire league, and it ain't close. 49ers are going to have opportunities here. Now, we've seen Andy Reid's approach to Nick Bosa. Uh, whether that was, you know, going ahead and just grabbing onto him, that works. Or what they did in 2022 was they came at him with a lot of different looks, and they went after his legs, they cut him, they tried to prevent him from having an opportunity to get to the quarterback. Sometimes it looked like he was coming free, and then boom, he's getting cut uh, by one of the running backs and taking out his legs. Now, it doesn't always work, but when it does, it gets his hands down, and it makes him ineffective. Also, what teams always do is chip. They bring a wide receiver or a tight end, and they go ahead and they chip him and kick him down, give help before they release and become a, a, uh, a check down opportunity. So I think Nick Bosa is going to be looking for all kinds of things, and they're going to have to consistently give Juan Taylor help. If they don't give him help, Nick Bosa is going to own this game, and you could see him have a handful of sacks. That's how much better Bosa is than Taylor. So uh, I think that this is one of those ones you're going to see the 49ers just go out there and try to get Bosa situations where he can get good pass rushes. That's a matchup they really like. Sure, they like Hargrave on Allegretti as well, which will be uh, you know benefited from that so much attention going to Bosa. And I don't think the Chiefs really want to run max protection. They don't want to keep a running back and a tight end in uh, every play like some of the other teams the 49ers have played during the playoffs. They want to have weapons. They want to have spacing. They want to have options for Patrick Mahomes to get the ball downfield. But if Nick Bosa is becoming that game wrecker that we're hoping we're going to prevent Chris Jones from being, you're going to have to pay attention. I think it's going to be a very deliberate effort to keep Nick Bosa away from Patrick Mahomes. They're going to try to use a lot of bodies, and they're going to put the onus on the rest of the defensive line to get home. Armstead, Hargrave, and Chase Young have to earn their money in this one. They have to get after the quarterback. I have full faith in them. And I think Hardgrave versus Allegretti could be an under-the-radar battle where if that starts becoming a real win, uh, that might mean Creed Humphrey has to give help there. If Creed Humphrey has to give help there, can't give help on Eric Armstead, which means one-on-one -on, -one on the other side with Trey Smith. And I like that for the 49ers as well. I think the 49ers have some matchups they like along the defensive line, but you have to make sure you put yourself in a position to be able to take advantage of those matchups. On the other side of the ball, stop the Chiefs' run. You've got Pacheco. We know what he can do. He runs with reckless abandon. He's very physical at the point of attack. He's got good vision. He's got the ability to put his foot in the ground and get vertical. And you just like the way he runs, the attitude. I've been saying he reminds me of a Tasmanian devil. Uh, he's just got all that ability to just go physical and bring contact right to you. 49ers have a real problem right now stopping the outside run play. And depending on who you're listening to, they're giving different reasons why. It could be that some think it's a Steve Wilkes issue. It's a scheme issue. Uh, some believe it's just 49ers' lack of execution. And some believe that it's just lack of effort. It all depends on who you listen to. I will tell you, from my opinion, I believe that it's a lot of execution problems. I think that they've been running this similar defense for a long time. And yes, there are opportunities for the offense to catch them off guard and go ahead and kick and chip your uh, defensive tackle down, run that pin and pull or the crack toss, kick them down, and then go outside. 
49ers force defender and alley defender have not played it as well as they had early on in the season or in years past. 49ers need to make sure they handle that. That's Diomino Lenore. That's Deshaun Gibson in the alley. Jair Brown, they're probably going to be the alley defenders. For the force defenders, Ambry Thomas, who hasn't looked as physical since coming back from his hand surgery after the Commanders game, and Charvarius Ward. And that's a tough job because you have to make sure you stay home in case it's the pass. Then you've got to fly up and make tackles. And when you're running the cover three and you're giving space because they have speed guys like MVS or Sky Moore, it puts you in a tough predicament. But the 49ers have to make sure they set the edge early on in this football game and don't allow Pacheco to get going. The problem with this is you don't just have to worry about Pacheco. You have to worry about Sky Moore and Nicole Hardman and Jarek McKinnon because those guys can run jet sweeps or push passes and get an opportunity to get to the outside. Andy Reid went to that heavily in the 2022 game against the 49ers. So there's a couple of different avenues for the way Kansas City is going to attack the 49ers outside defense and those outside guys who have to make the plays. 49ers also could help themselves, and I think there could be some late adjustments by how they handle moving. Now, you got to be careful. Uh, if you move a lot with motion, then you can get caught going one way. Andy Reid goes back the other way. Now you're in a world of hurt because you're out of position. They've got the angles to be able to block you. So I think the 49ers are going to be very subtle with their adjustments, but I look for them to give some opportunities for their outside linebackers to give help on the outside run plays and kind of try to influence Kansas City to want to run the ball in the middle. Kansas City's willing to do that, and they can have success. Uh, you got to kind of tip your cap to them. You just got to keep playing a little bit of chess and try to go back and forth and limit the effectiveness, whether it's outside or inside. But I think the 49ers would rather uh, make the Kansas City Chiefs stay within the tackles where Fred Warner, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Javon Hargrave can make plays on the interior. And I think that's what they're going to try to do in this game. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to see that matchup of Pacheco versus Greenlaw. Uh, this is just one of those things that I, I got to see. The contact is going to be through the roof. Nobody goes 100% like these two guys do. So uh, I'm excited for this matchup. Do I think the 49ers can stop this run game at Kansas City? I definitely do. I, I think that they understand what they've been doing wrong. The players have been drilled into them now by film and what they've done on the field to show this is where I need to execute. This is where I got to be better. And as long as the 49ers play and do their job, they're going to slow down Kansas City's run game. Kansas City's run game is good, not elite. Last week, Detroit's uh, run game, really, really good. Green Bay's uh, in, the, in the divisional round, they had been really playing good on the ground. Aaron Jones had been reeling off 100-yard games consistently. So this is the weakest of the three playoff teams they're playing as far as run game, but they're still really good. And now they're adding in Jarek McKinnon. They're adding in Sky Moore, and they always got the dangerous McCole Hardman. You have to stay home on the backside for reverses. Just be ready for it. Brock Purdy versus Steve Spagnola. And normally you would say, well, it's Kyle Shanahan versus Steve Spagnola. But here's why I say that. If you watch my video about the blitz, do you know, to blitz or not to blitz, it falls on Brock Purdy to make sure he can decipher what Spagnola is showing him. And it's not easy. Spagnola's defense doesn't tip keys. They don't give you the look early. Yes, Kyle's going to do everything he can to move players, motion players, shift players, to get them to tip whether they're coming or not. Spagnola's defenses are so disciplined, they just don't give up the look. 
You may give them a hesitant snap, act like you're going to run something, false snap, and then they they won't adjust. A lot of teams will. It's down to the last seconds of the, of the game clock. They normally will they'll show you. They don't show. And so it's going to be important for Brock Purdy to determine who is coming and who is blitzing. And if they're able to confuse him, that's when we're going to have problems for Brock because then he's going to look somewhere. He's expecting something to be open, and defenders are going to drop off in that area, and he's going to have other defenders in his face. Also, Jake Brendel's going to have to make sure he knows where they're coming from and he doesn't get confused. But we don't have free rushers. Offensive line is going to have to help pick it up. And I think Kyle Juszczyk is going to be a useful resource as well. I expect the 49ers to run a lot of 21 personnel, which means him and McCaffrey are on the field with Kittle together. And I think he'll help figure out where those blitzes are coming. But this is going to be a nonstop thing for Brock Purdy. Not only does he have to locate whether he thinks there's going to be a blitz, he has to read the coverage pre-snap. He has to read what defense they're running pre-snap, what personnel's in, so he knows whether he should go with the play that Kyle Shanahan originally called or the can play. Once he deciphers that, then he's also got to figure out if there's a blitz. He's got to look for an overload. He's got to look for a difference in alignment. There's a lot of things that he's going to have to process when he comes to the line of scrimmage. But I think Brock Purdy's up for the challenge, and that's why I think this is a real key matchup in this game. If Brock Purdy can figure out Steve Spagnola as far as where he's blitzing from and when he's blitzing, he's going to give the 49ers a real advantage because Spagnola is really good about showing you one thing, muddying up the waters on the right, and then those guys drop off and bringing a blitz from the left. Or he's really good about showing a blitz from the left and then a blitz comes up the middle. He's really good about disguising blitz and then nobody comes. He does a very good job on that. And when that happens, you might think, oh, that guy's coming. I'm going to have a free area to throw the football. And then that guy drops off. And next thing you know, you throw an underneath interception. So if Brock Purdy can figure it out, he's going to be able to get the ball where he needs to get it. Because when you run a blitz, you leave an opportunity for the offense to get you. Brock Purdy's been the best against the blitz this season. And I expect him to do really well against it, against Kansas City but he's got to figure out Steve Spagnola. And Spagnola is very sound and very savvy in the way that he goes about his blitzes. I'm super excited for this matchup. 49ers must win matchup. If they win on blitz downs where Spagnola comes after Brock Purdy and Brock starts carving them up, this game could get out of hand real quick as far as 49ers scoring points and scoring points consistently. Because not only can he throw the ball when they're blitzing, he can also run plays away from the blitz in the run game or in the screen game. And that's when it gets real dangerous. All of a sudden, you were supposed to run the play to your right side. You see that a blitz is going to come. You can't, you uh, Oscar the play, move to the other side. Boom, hit that, hit that run. There goes Christian McCaffrey to the outside behind Trent Williams. Less defenders there to make a tackle. And you've got yourself an explosive on the ground. So Brock Purdy versus Spagnola is going to be huge. Spagnola's got years advantage as far as experience. But Brock Purdy is an elite processor of information. If he can figure out Spagnola, it could be a long day for Kansas City's defense. Always Kansas City's defense really good. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup. Ambry Thomas versus uh, Valdez Scantling and Sky Moore. And I put Sky Moore in this. He's just been activated from the IR. They moved Charles Amenehue to the injured reserve list, ending his season officially. And so you're going to have Sky Moore in this, and he does some things in the backfield. He does some things in jet sweeps. He can also make some plays down the field, elite speed type guy. So he's going to be a part of this. And the reason I say Ambry Thomas versus these two is because the 49ers can elect at any time 
to go ahead and give a lot of attention to Travis Kelsey and still put Tarverius Ward out on Rasheed Rice, right? He can move one side or the other. And one of the keys for Ambry Thomas is to stay on top. Now, with MVS, the route running is not as superb as potentially a Sky Moore. Now, Sky Moore gives them more effectiveness to be able to break plays underneath and catch the football. But these two guys are not the most accomplished. Now, MVS had a, a really good career in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. A lot of his big-time plays came from running the slot and hitting that slot fade, which we know is a problem for the 49ers. But I'm not talking about the slot here. I'm talking about Ambry Thomas on the outside. And Ambry has showed some weaknesses to allow players to get on top of him. I think he's been a little leery of the underneath route. Uh, He wasn't driving as fast consistently and making those tackles. He was giving up too much yards. Well, this might be a matchup where it's very important for Ambry Thomas just to consistently stay on top. Patrick Mahomes will whip the ball wherever he needs to, especially down the field if he feels he's got a good advantage. Ambry Thomas has the ability to stay on top every single play. He's got enough speed, got enough experience. He reads good enough to figure it out. And I just don't think that MVS can consistently beat him underneath. If he does, you tip your cap and you say, great job, Ambry, you're going to have to play a little bit tighter. But there's going to be so much concern with other players. A lot of players are going to be worried about Pacheco in the running game. You're going to have Charvarius Ward a lot of times worried about Rasheed Rice. You're going to have Warner and Tashawn Gibson and Jair Brown watching Travis Kelsey. You're going to have Diamond Lenore in the slot dealing with other players that are there and worrying about that deep slot fade, maybe sometimes even covering Travis Kelsey. Ambry Thomas is going to have to hold up. If Ambry Thomas doesn't hold up in this game, the 49ers are going to have some real struggles because they can't give more attention. They can't consistently put a safety over the top and help him out. They need him to play really well in this game. They need him to elevate his level of physicality in this matchup. So this is going to be one of those keys. Can Ambry Thomas get deflections, get stops against MVS and Sky Moore? And will he give up a couple of completions here or there? Yes. Just don't give up the big whole, the whole shot play down the field and do not in any circumstance get a big-time pass interference call. Make sure you're in prime position so you don't make a mistake. Ebo Samuel versus McDuffie. Uh, this is one of those matchups where Brandon Ayuk is probably going to you know, catch Jerry Sneed. I'm sure they'll probably let those guys go back and forth. And so you'll probably see Debo on Sneed sometimes as well. But I like this matchup because a lot of times Debo's physicality is kind of not met. And so I want to see Debo have a big game. And I think part of the way you do is get the ball in his hands in a variety of ways. Well, if you're getting the ball to him in screens and quick slants, What he's the most dangerous is when he can take that play and take it to the house. Uh, His yak yardage is through the roof. So this is a matchup I like for him. I think he can win routes. I think he can win one-on-one. I think he can catch the balls underneath. But when we have situations where he catches the ball in a mesh route over the middle and man-to-man coverage and he has the space, that's when I think he can break McDuffie's tackle. When he catches in the screen, I think we have an opportunity for Debo Samuel. When Debo's running the football in the backfield, he's going to be going against these secondary players. But I think they're going to pay a lot of attention to Ayuk. And I think it's going to come down to Debo versus the secondary and versus McDuffie. And I think Debo's going to make some plays in this game. I have a lot of faith in the matchups that Debo's going to be going against. And I just think he's up for the task. So I don't know exactly how Kansas City right now determines if they want somebody to travel with Ayuk or not. I'm guessing they won't travel, which is good for the 49ers. They could find Ayuk in some unique matchups that they're looking for. But I want to get Debo in some unique matchups, too, if I'm Kyle Shanahan. 
I want to get him one-on-one with McDuffie in space. I want to get him one-on-one with Reed in space. Find opportunities to get Debo the ball. And I think this could be a really huge one for the 49ers that they could definitely win. Now, what about Deshaun Gibson? Deshaun Gibson, he's had some of the toughest tight ends in the league to deal with this year. Right? I mean, you had Pat Fryer move in week one. He does a good job there. You have Darren Waller in week four. He does a good job there. He's consistently had to battle these tight ends, and he's done well. The 49ers are fourth best in the league against tight ends. But is there a tight end not named George Kittle that's more scary than Travis Kelsey? I don't think so. Travis Kelsey's a real beast. And, yeah, the 49ers went against a good tight end last week. It was really tough. Sam Laporta is, is a solid player, and they give up a lot of yards to Laporta. But what they did was keep Laporta out of the end zone. And that's going to be a key in the, for the 49ers in this game. Tashawn Gibson, Fred Warner, they're going to have to make sure they keep Travis Kelsey in check. Is Travis Kelsey going to have catches? Yes. Is he going to get yards? Yes. But if you can hold him to like six for 50 and no touchdowns, you got to feel like you did a really good job against Travis Kelsey. And that is the security blanket for Patrick Mahomes. Whenever he feels out of sorts, he wants to find 87. The problem with 87 is you just don't know where he's going to be. The truth is, he could be running a flood pattern, and all of a sudden, he ends up back across the middle of the field for no good reason. So when you're trusting what the concept's going to be, you normally, as a defender, you're like, oh, Andy Reid runs these concepts, and you trust yourself like, oh, I've seen this. I've seen this formation. I've seen this concept. I'm going with it. I know what route he's running. He's running a through route, or he's running an out pattern. Whatever it is, you know what he's going to do. Well, Travis Kelsey, he may be supposed to run an out pattern, and next thing you know, he's running an out and up, or he's running uh, you know, a post corner. He just does whatever he wants to do, and that's one of the unique challenges the 49ers are going to face. But you have all pro Fred, and you have Deshaun Gibson, who is the, one of the most underrated safeties in this league, and they both know what they're supposed to do. I expect Steve Wilkes to keep it uh, complex as far as what Travis Kelsey sees. He's not going to know when he's bracketed. He's not going to know when he's in man coverage. He's not going to know when they're going to fire blitz and drop one of those defensive ends in front of him. They want to consistently keep him out of sorts. That's not going to be easy. He's seen it all. He's done it all. And Patrick Mahomes has too. But maybe you can make them wait a half a second, maybe a full second, and allow Nick Bosa and the defensive line to get home. I think that's one of the keys in this game is just slowing Travis Kelsey down. Don't allow him to have these big rumbling catches where he's wide open for whatever apparent reason. Just keep him in check. And I think if you do that, six for 50, no touchdowns, you're living the dream as the 49ers. And so I think that's going to be a key matchup in this game. And then Christian McCaffrey versus the linebackers. Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, Tranquil. This is going to be fun. Of course, Kansas City's not good against the run. The 49ers run the ball very well. The outside zone has been very kind to Christian McCaffrey. And there's no running back like Christian McCaffrey in this league. Uh, you, you've seen good running backs all year if you're Kansas City. You have not seen one like Christian McCaffrey because this is the beast that not just runs over you or runs around you or catches the ball over you or catches the ball around you. He just does it all. He, he might just stiff arm you all the way to the ground or he might jump over the top of you for a touchdown. He might run through you for a few extra yards. You have to be prepared for everything when it comes to Christian McCaffrey. And we know the 49ers game plan is going to consist heavily of getting McCaffrey the ball. And these three linebackers are good in space. They're good in coverage. But are they good enough to stop Christian McCaffrey in space when they're in coverage? I think that's a big question. The attention to run is what's going to really get them going. 
because play action plays are going to make them step forward. Now, Kansas City's good against play action. They're one of the better teams in the league about how quickly their linebackers navigate it and drop. But here's your problem. If you're wrong and you're running the football and you're standing in place, there's extra yards. If you come up and it's a play action fake, next thing you know, McCaffrey runs by you and he's got a step and now he's got the ball in space and now he's dangerous. So I just think these guys trying to cover Christian McCaffrey in space is going to be a problem. I think it's going to be a struggle for them to try to tackle him as well. Uh, when he's running the football, he plays with a lot more aggressiveness and power than I think anyone really realizes the solid player. McCaffrey's going to be a big part of this game. So is Debo. 49ers are going to live getting their playmakers the ball. And as I'm talking about these matchups, I didn't talk about Brandon Ayuk. I didn't talk about George Kittle. I didn't talk about Jawan Jennings. I didn't talk about Kyle Juszczyk. But they're all going to be a part of this game plan too. Kyle Shanahan is going to come in with the most pieces to the puzzle that he could possibly have and use. As soon as you think that you've got it figured out what his game plan is, he's going to use somebody else. That's the name of the game right now. It's going to be like a magic trick. Look what I got going on over here. Ignore what's going on over there. And that's exactly what he can do with Debo and Christian McCaffrey. You get them going early in the game, and all your focus is on 23 and 19. And next thing you know, 44 is wide open for a play. Uh, all of a sudden, you're like, hey, I got to make sure I'm on 11 because he's doing something out here. And all of a sudden, screaming across the middle, here comes 85. There's so many weapons for the 49ers that when Kyle Shanahan gets it rolling, it's going to be a problem. Now, Kansas City's the most equipped defense to handle the 49ers uh, other than the Ravens. But I think the 49ers are going to have a lot of success in this game. Now, their defense is going to have to stand up, and they're going to have to play well. They're going to have to win these matchups, and there's more matchups. We didn't even talk about them. I'm going to get into all uh, the other matchups when I do my game preview show. Join me for the game preview show. That's going to happen on Saturday. You want to be here. Uh, it's going to be live, so you can join me and, and really talk San Francisco 49ers. It's going to be a lot of fun. You want to join me because this is the opportunity we have to talk 49ers versus Chiefs before the Super Bowl, and there's just so many cool factors and so much good stuff to talk about. I hope you guys will all come through, but must-win matchups for the 49ers. If the 49ers win these matchups, they are for sure winning this game. The likelihood is you're going to have one go for the Niners, one go for the Chiefs, and it's going to go back and forth. And at the end of the game, if somebody won five or six of these matchups, they're going to have the best opportunity to win. You have to make sure you execute when the time is right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me for this episode uh, brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you're listening to audio platform, 49ers Cutback on Believe. I appreciate you so much. There's going to be more content. Come check out the content on the channel. Uh, 49ers versus Chiefs is almost here. But until then, stay safe. Remember, the right way is always the 49ers way.